Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, a lot going on here. Uh, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. We'll do Who You Got coming up a little later. NBA has begun. They're off and running. Baseball playoffs continue. They're off and walking very slowly. Um, they're crawling. They're crawling. I mean, I, I was trying to think of the kindest way to put that, but they're certainly not off and running. <laughs> I, I don't know how you describe what they're doing, but it ain't running. Um, and, and we got all kinds of things going on. It is being, uh, I'm being encouraged by the staff to say a few words about what I'm doing tonight. Does this seem like the right time to do that? Yes, I, I can mention it quickly. Mm. So you probably have seen or heard that, that I'm going to be involved in our NBA pregame show this year. Uh, it's, it's NBA countdown and we have our first show tonight, seven Eastern uh, on ESPN. I hope you will watch. If you're an NBA fan, we're going to be an NBA show. Um, uh, that goes without saying, but I mean, our, our goal will be just hardcore NBA talk, the kind of NBA talk that we might do on get up or in a place like this. That's what we're going to do on TV with you. And it's Stephen A and Michael Wilbon and Jalen Rose. I mean, it's like for a host, it's like taking candy from a baby. So I'm super excited about it and super excited to be a part of that um, this year. And I'm, I'm very grateful for being given the opportunity and all of that. But tonight, because our first game happens to be the Celtics and the Knicks, we're actually going to do the show from the floor of Madison Square Garden. That won't be the norm. When you see us, we're just going to be standing on the floor of the garden. Um, and then starting Friday night, which is when our next games are, we're going to be in the studio here. We're, we're the studio where they do first take every day. So it, it's tonight's not what it's going to normally look like, but it is, I must say, as someone who grew up in this city and whose sports fandom was basically birthed in that building, it is quite a thing. And Hembo is just saying to me, sometimes in your life, you have to sort of take a step back and say, wow, I can't believe this has happened. And I, I want to get sad thinking about this and talking about it too much. So I'm not going to do it because I don't trust myself to be able to do it without getting emotional in ways that I don't like. But I grew up in that arena. My dad in particular loved the basketball and he loved the Knicks. And if you ask me my earliest sports memories, everyone associates me now with the Jets as a fan. But the truth is it was more Knicks than Jets when I was a little kid. And I remember the garden. The garden for me was like a mythical place, like a magical place. And I think it still is for many people in many ways, but there's nothing like when you're a kid. I still remember the way it smelled. It smelled like cigar smoke. I still remember the characters that would be there. And that was back at a time when, like, the men would have, like, suits and hats on, you know? Like, it was a, it was a different, it was just a different world, obviously. I'm talking about 40 years ago. Um, even more than that, because I'm, I'm talking about when I was, like, six, seven, eight years old. But the fact that tonight I'll be standing on that court and doing this is... It is one of those moments, and, and, and I'm, look, I'm the luckiest person I know. I'm just a kid like you who grew up loving sports, and I've gotten to do all these things. And, you know, sometimes people ask me, like, what's the most memorable thing you got to do? And I don't even know where to begin. Like, we went to the White House. <laughs> you know, we had dinner in the White House with the President of the United States. I got to play tennis with Chris Everett, who candidly was the first woman I ever loved. Um, I got to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game at Wrigley Field uh, several times. I've thrown out the first pitch in multiple big league stadiums. I mean, you know, and I owe a ton of that, obviously, to the, the old show and to Mike and everything that we did. Um, and, and it continues now. And so, like, there have been a lot of those kind of moments. And, Hambo, you said something that I think was smart. And this is a good lesson for anybody listening. Like, just don't take that stuff for granted. 
You know, just don't, I need to make sure, because tonight we'll be busy and I'll be excited and it's our first show and all of that. But I need to make sure that at some point when I'm there, um, that I take a step back and just take a deep breath and look around and just think, how the hell did I get here? Like of all the millions of people who would have done this just as well as me and would have loved to do it, somehow I'm the one who gets to do it. So if you listen to the show, I'll just say, I hope you know I don't take it for granted. That I do recognize how lucky I am. And, 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 and if, anyone, if anyone discounts the element of good fortune in their success, I always question them. <laughs> I always think they're either lying to you or lying to themselves. There's a million lucky things that have happened that I got to be the one doing this. So, you know, I don't really have more than that to say about it. But um, that's what I'm doing tonight, and I'm very excited to be doing it. And I hope that you will watch, and it's just the start of a really long season um, in which we'll be on for the rest of this year, Wednesday and Friday nights, and then it's going to change in July, uh, excuse me, in January, um, you know, and the schedule morphs and we have these Saturday night games, all that. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. But anyway, I'm very excited about that, and the NBA started last night with some interesting games, and, and the Ben Simmons of it all is certainly something that we will talk about tonight. So I was going to do I'm Sorry What here. I'm Sorry What? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? So I'll start with that, and I'll start with the Ben Simmons-related uh, sound from I'm Sorry What, because the Ben Simmons thing is a debacle. I mean, it's a debacle, and it's the most terrible thing. I, I hate it. I hate that this is going on. And Tim Legler made a really good point on TV with us this morning when he said, normally... When you have holdouts or whatever it is you would call what Simmons is doing now, those things have to do with money. Money is at the core of that, and all the other players get that. They know, you know, I'm not messing with your business, and you don't mess with mine. But this isn't that. He has four years left on his contract. He's getting paid as much money as he can get paid. So this is personal. This is Ben Simmons basically saying, I don't want to play with you anymore so I mean Joel Embiid is done with him and and he made that very clear my favorite part of this soundbite was that Embiid will not even say his name at this point I don't care about that man honestly he does whatever he wants uh you know that's not my job uh you know that's those guys jobs uh you know I'm only focused on trying to make the team better uh win some I'm gonna cut it off there because it, it, that's the most important part of that soundbite I don't care about that man not him, not Ben, not that. I mean, he's just, he won't even say his name. I'm not paid to babysit. So he's dead to them. The problem is, he's still on the team. He's suspended for tonight. They actually open their home schedule Friday. They play their first game tonight. It's on the road. Their first home game is Friday. As of this moment, he's not suspended for that. So I turn to my Philadelphia friend, Mr. Hembo over here. How's that going to go? <laughs> Every single fan in Philadelphia wants their pound of flesh. They are desperate that Ben Simmons is in the building and that he gets to check in. That is not something that I expect to happen, but I spent most of my afternoon, Greeny, yesterday listening to the local sports talk in Philadelphia because I, I wanted to feel mad. Like I wanted to be incensed by this, and I haven't felt this way as a fan, probably, probably since like 2005 when Terrell Owens essentially scuttled the Eagles season by doing similar tantrum-y kind of childish things. The difference 
is that at least T.O. had an argument. I, I came back early and played like a hero in the Super Bowl, so I deserve a pay raise. No one, no, 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 there's no credible argument to be made that Ben Simmons has a leg to stand on here. It is seemingly agreed upon universally that he is acting like a, a petulant child at the playground while everyone else is sitting here watching and saying to themselves, why are you the only one acting like this? Read the room, kid. So, I mean, look, there's, we could talk about this for an hour, but as a fan of the team, I, as, I am as upset by this as I have been by anything in years. Here's the problem. In years. He gets what he wants by doing it. That's what's going to come from this. Now, the fans may get their pound of flesh. He may be in the arena at some point. They will wear out a lung booing him. I get that. And even if they don't, he's going to play for somebody. So at some point, he'll come back to that arena, and he'll be hated there forever. And that's the way that's going to go. That's the easy part. The hard part of this is he will get traded, which is what he wants, and they will get less than 50 cents on the dollar for him. So the part about it that I find the most galling is that in the end, it is the team that will suffer more for this than it is him. I don't know that I agree with that because I don't know that Daryl Morey is going to just be willing to trade him just because for, like you said, 50 cents on the dollar. Ben Simmons has no leverage here whatsoever. The 76ers, secret here, they're going to be okay without him. Ben Simmons needs to be prepared for the 76ers to win without him. They're going to. And the reason they're going to is because he is not Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons is a good, talented player and impacts winning. But they're going to be just fine without him. And I'm not convinced that if the, if the desired outcome here, Greeny, mm-hmm. is to be traded. Is he 1% closer now than he was when this whole thing started? Because I'm not sure that his actions over the last several months, over the last four months to be exact, since he passed up that wide-open dunk have gotten him any closer to that point. I mean, maybe I could be misreading that, but do you really feel like the Sixers are closer to trading him now than they were throughout the summer? I I don't think they are because they're not willing to take less than what Daryl Morey demands he get. And that's what this is going to come down to. Let's hold that thought. Let's do a little more on this. Uh, You know, according to Forbes, companies are working to fill millions of jobs in an epic hiring spree. Where do they turn? Zip Recruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates and makes it easy to invite your top choices to apply. Try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. So we, I have a few more thoughts on that I want to get to. I want to hear Nuno and Bubba on it as well. And I have a good trivia question. It's a baseball trivia question. You're going to love this. Who is the last pitcher to throw a complete game in the postseason? No Googling. Last pitcher to throw a complete game of the postseason. The answer next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
All right, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, we have a special edition of Who You Got coming up a little later in this hour. Also, a reminder, you can tune in to the ESPN Daily Podcast. Brings you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. It's presented by Supercuts. You can download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. It's available wherever you enjoy your podcast. All right, I don't know the answer which in and of itself is remarkable. I don't even know where I would guess. The question that Hembo threw out here is, who was the last pitcher to throw a complete game in the postseason? It can't. Be. I mean, I don't know how far back this could possibly go. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of like Madison Bumgarner, but there's no way in the world that's going to go back as far as that because that's a really long time <laughs> ago. So, I mean, what, what are other... Like... <sighs> Bumgarner would have been a good guess because we, you know, he did it and right. twice in 2014, but it has happened since then. Well, that was my guess, so I'm out. Okay, yeah, that, that I assume that's the most popular guess because you remember those well. Nuno, you might you might get this. Do you know the answer to this off the top of your head? No, I was going to go like Don Larson. But the that's fact how that, like, <laughs> I mean, at this the point. fact that you say Nuno may get it well, suggests I, to me it's a Yankee. It happened it, against the Yankees. Oh, it happened against the Yankees. So. It, I mean, the only other guess for me would be like Verlander. Verlander is correct. Give him a little ding oh, there, right. boy, kid. So in game How about two, the love? what year? In game two of the 2017, the, the much maligned. 17. There have been. Well, let's just think about mm-hmm. that for a minute. The last time there was a complete game thrown in the baseball postseason was 2017. <laughs> We've had postseasons in 18, 19, 20, and now we're in 21. That's terrible that is so bad for the sport like the pitcher who 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 stays out there that's that's the sport's greatest hero that's the sport's biggest star that's what we're missing more than anything else there have been 165 postseason games played and pitched since there was last a complete game thrown again game two of the 2017 American League Championship Series, Justin Verlander against the Yankees. So Wild. 330 starts have been made without <laughs> a complete game. That's right. Wow. That's exactly right. And these are the best teams with the best pitchers, mm-hmm. and, and, and some of these are winner-take-all games. Now, again, a lot of times they're, they're strategizing that based on, on the circumstances of a long series, but mm-hmm. that's, that's just not what baseball was. And, and, and I don't want to be one of those guys who sits here talking about what it was, because that's when you start losing people. They're like, oh, well, if you only liked it the way it was, you don't like it the way it is. Then I, I, that's not how we are. We do like it. But this is a problem. I remember once a long time ago, I'm about to do some fancy schmancy name dropping, but it just is what it is. It happened. I was at a Cubs game in the summer. This was probably t- what year did Theo Epstein become the general manager of the Cubs? What, whatever year that was. This was, this was like the next summer. They were at the very beginning of their rebuild. So they hadn't even started yet. So something like 13, 14, maybe it was earlier than that, 2011, 12. I don't know what year it was. It doesn't really matter. The point of it is <coughs> I was at a Cubs game and I don't know, through some communication with somebody, Theo invited me to come sit in the box with him and talk for a while. And we did. And one of the things he said to me then, and again, he's in a role now where he can do something about it is he said, the biggest concern I have for the sport is that every team now has five guys in their bullpen who throw 100 miles an hour. Mm. And that's where this has gone. So if you just think back, Theo, on those teams that finally broke the curse in Boston, mm-hmm. who were the stars of those teams? 
Pedro Martinez, Kurt Schilling. That's who you remember more than anybody. You remember Schilling. What in what inning was his sock bleeding? It wasn't the second. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so that to me is an issue here. It, no no question. But again, there are two prongs of this because while baseball, I do believe, and I agree with Buster's tweet again, we showed it earlier in the show, while baseball desperately needs the starting pitcher to return, what the never-ending sh- charade of bullpen arms begets is a four-hour game. We had two four-hour games yesterday. I went through the history of the postseason and only found a handful of times in which we had two four-hour baseball games on the same day. I suppose that should be no surprise. They get used to it. <laughs> but the point is, one begets the other. So on yeah. average, again... If you change your pitcher, it's going to cost you 10 minutes. We have had 35 pitching changes so far in three games in the dodgers Brave series. So 35 350 in three games. minutes, <laughs> right? So if, you, if right. you stop and think about that, why is that divided by 60? That's almost six hours. Yeah, so, and we're, we're talking... Like, it's almost six hours worth of pitching changes right. in three games. Right, so yeah, during the regular season again... Is it really 10 full minutes? The research suggests that in the regular season, at least, in the regular season... When you bring in a new pitcher, we're not talking about the amount of time from when that pitcher starts. We're talking about like the amount of time that... From one pitch thrown to the next. 10 minutes on average is responsible for a pitching change. Mid-inning. So that's so, 350 minutes well, in three games. Yes, but not every pitching change, of course, happens during the middle, like during an inning. Oh, oh I see what you're so saying. So I'd have to do that math specifically. I but, got you. But the point you understand... Meaning is, the change of the pitcher in between innings doesn't cost you any time. No, or hardly I understand. Anything. So it is in 35. We're, we're talking about an extraordinary amount of time devoted to one guy pitching, rest, well, and Well, let's just think about it. Pitching. Last night, the Dodgers used nine, nine pitchers. pitchers. So eight now, pitching I, changes. I, I wasn't, as I told you, I was working, so I didn't see all of it. I don't know how many of those led off a new inning. But let's say at minimum, that added an hour to an the hour, game last an night. An hour. It has to have added an hour. And a three-hour baseball game is still a long baseball game. Yeah, it added an hour to what would otherwise have been a long game. <laughs> but a tolerably long game. The, the, the first game last night, the Nets-Bucks the Nets game was two hours and 20 minutes, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah 220. Next buck, yeah, two hours and 20 minutes. So at that point, they're in the fourth inning in L.A. Baseball's timelessness, which was once an asset, is now a massive liability. And I, I don't know anyone who likes baseball more than I do. And I feel like helpless complaining about this. But I'm not the only one that feels this way. Of that, I can say no. For sure. But but that is why this is so important, mm-hmm. because we are the last thing in the world, we, the furthest thing in the world from being baseball bashers, particularly you, but he, and me too, and Buster, and and those of us who love the game. So what we're saying is, if you're losing us, who the hell are you keeping? So we need to do something. Something needs to be done, and and we've identified what it is. The first way to attack this. And, you know, I, I, I don't know when I'll see Rob again, but I, I have a relationship with the commissioner, and, and this is something to bring up. You know, we'll get him on here at some point if we can. People will lose their minds. They lose their minds about everything they do. They lost their minds about everything Bud did, and they lose their minds about everything Rob does. And this is not to say those guys haven't made mistakes. Of course they have. They're making millions of decisions on a daily basis. There are going to be ones that you disagree with and others that don't turn out right. But by and large, the biggest challenge they have is that Every single thing they want to do causes an uproar amongst fans, among the players, mm-hmm. and everything else. So it's very hard to get anything done. It's like turning a battleship. But they need to do it. They need to limit the number of pitchers who can pitch in a game. Done. Period. New paragraph. Nothing else to talk about. Or extra innings are not a problem. 
add a pitcher for every inning that goes on. So if you're going to allow five pitchers in a game, then you can have a, a sixth one in the 10th inning and a seventh one in the 11th inning and whatever else it may be. Mm-hmm. But until then, that's it. The limit is the limit. An injury, it's going to be a complicated way to figure out how you, uh, afford, or how you account for injuries in that circumstance, but we'll figure it out. We put a man on the moon, we can figure out how to overcome the problem of how do you address injuries in the five-pitcher rotation. No question. When these rules were put in place in the late 1860s. So, right. so, no, but, no, but in all seriousness, yeah. when the game was designed, 10 guys on your team throwing 100 miles per hour is never a consideration. So there's no obvious reason why even I, as a traditionalist, can't get to a point where we can make some obvious changes that can improve baseball, both not, not only in improving the quality of the starting pitching and the depth of the games and all that, but taking a lot of time off of the game and improving the pace therein. Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? Right, who you got is a unique time on the show, and if you're not one who usually listens to us on Friday, this might be your first um, introduction to it, but this features Bubba, who puts together a variety of questions. And what you may not know is that he is particularly well-suited for this because Bubba, before his now somewhat legendary career in radio production, was actually, he worked at the CIA, and he was actually the person who created the questions for interrogations that were done under lie detectors. So he, he wrote the questions for the lie detector test. So he understands how to ask probing questions. And so he will ask me a series of those, and we will see who I've got. Hello again, Bubba. Hello. Well, you look very nice in your Des Bryant. So you get the oh, Des Bryant gosh. Wednesdays. Yeah, Des Wednesdays, yep. And, and at what point will that become a C.D. Lamb jersey, like it's the same number? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I just don't want to make any changes until the first loss comes. Right. So, you know, that could be, you know, week never um <laughs> but whenever that happens we're going to make some adjustments so i don't know i'm still kind of thinking that through i just don't even want to think about it honestly week never 
But when that happens, we'll make some adjustments. But for now, it's Dak and then Des Wednesdays, and we'll go from there. All right, let's see what we've got to begin with. What have we got on the menu All right, today? Who you got? Brought to you by Granger, and we'll start with the first probe, if you will. Browns, they're three and three. They're in last place. Baker's injured. They've got Thursday night football tomorrow. Can the Browns turn it around and make the playoffs? Who you got here with the Browns? This devastates me to say, but I think the answer is no. I think they're now in a place you don't come back from. I think Baker is going to wind up having to shut it down for the season. I do. That's that shoulder's not getting better. And it, it, and what we learned on Get Up this morning, I'm not a doctor, but I listen when people talk. The injury he has is not one that will heal on its own. So rest doesn't do anything for it. The injury is something that has to be surgically repaired. He will have to have surgery on this. It's just a question of whether he can play the whole season with the pain or not, which means to me he's going to be compromised all year long. The, the, the injuries everywhere are devastating. I mean, just wherever you look on the offense, the tackles, the running backs, the receivers, and the whole defense has been disappointing. I don't see how they win this game tomorrow night against Denver, and I don't, I don't know how they turn this thing around in a meaningful way. Look, I picked the Browns to go to the Super Bowl this year, so no one is more wrong about this than I am, and I hope that it turns out that the time I'm wrong is actually now and that they do have a miraculous turnaround. But, Bubba, the answer to your question is I do not think they can. What's All right. next? All right, as you ask the guys on Get Up today, what's more likely in 2022, Tua in Miami or Jalen in Philly? Who you got? I think it's Jalen in Philly. Hmm. I'm looking over at my resident Philly fan here. I think Jalen Hurts is good, and I think that they – let's put it this way. I think the Dolphins, who have a bunch of draft capital, and the Eagles, who have a bunch of draft capital, are going to go after – Big game quarterbacks, whether that's, dare I say, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, or if the Deshaun Watson situation ever becomes uh, becomes such that he is eligible and, 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 and able to play. And my gut feeling is just that it is more likely those guys will go to Miami than it is that they will go to Philly. Hmm. So I could be totally wrong, but that's my guess. So I'm going to say it is, and I also think Jalen Hurts is, I can't believe I'm saying this, is better than Tua. So, and which is remarkable when you think about it, considering Tua replaced him at Alabama once upon a time. Um, but that's what the way it looks to me. So uh, do you disagree with that? Do, do you think Tua is better than Jalen Hurts? No, I think Jalen is better than Tua, but that wasn't the question. I, I think the Eagles will try their darndest to move on from Jalen Hurts. Because so do I. they have three first-round picks And I year. think the Dolphins will do the same. But the Eagles have the Dolphins' first-round pick, and that might be all the ammunition they need to swing that trade, you know, a Rodgers or a Wilson or a Watson trade, instead of going to Miami. Yeah, but Rodgers or Wilson or Watson has to want to go where they're being sent. And you know what I mean? Like, you don't trade for Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers doesn't tell you, yes, you're one of the places I want to come but you to. But you also don't trade Aaron Rodgers to a team that can't offer you an immediate first-round pick. No, I understand that. The Dolphins don't have any first-round picks. Didn't they have a bunch of extra stuff? Didn't they trade, like, an extra pick for this? I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that the Dolphins' first-rounder, <laughs> Dolphins' uh, group of first-rounders, expired after last year oh and so all the laramie tunsil picks and everything are done yes and because the eagles moved back in the first round last year and got that dolphin no one. i'm aware of what they have they've got three first round picks if wentz plays a lot of snaps well one way or another i'm not changing my answer i think it is more likely for a variety of reasons 
that Jalen Hurts is the quarterback in Philly than it is that Tua is the quarterback in Miami. It's who you got. Greeny, Bubba, with his questions. All guests here are on the Goodyear hotline with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. Bubba, what's next? All right, and another one from Get Up. Who you got for your non-quarterback MVP right now? To me, this one is really obvious, and it's Derrick Henry. Like, CeeDee Lamb, right? Yeah, right. If if by Derrick – no, well, so actually, Bubba – Dominique Foxworth answered the question today and said Trayvon Diggs. Sure, yeah. And, and, and I get that because I think Diggs and what he's – the, the, the turnaround of that Cowboys defense is more than anything what is responsible for them having the season they're having, which is to say the offense is unbelievable, but that's not a surprise. The defense being, on, being as good as it is is a surprise. And I think Diggs is the most important reason for that. He's been spectacular. Now, I would not – I would not vote for him for MVP over Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's having one of the great seasons that we've ever seen, and he is that whole offense. Julio Jones is always hurt. A.J. Brown has been hurt. Um, Derrick Henry is that entire offense right now, and he's got them afloat. What are they, 4-2? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, right, they're right there, right where they need to be. They had one terrible loss to the Jets, but by the end of the season, almost all the good teams will have one loss that leaves you saying, how the hell did that happen? I think theirs will just have come a little earlier than most. So at the end of the day, I believe that Derrick Henry has, let's put it this way, the best chance of winning that award of any player who isn't a quarterback. It's a different way of answering the question. You like it? I agree with you. I was also the person that talked Dominique Foxworth out of answering Derrick Henry into Trevon. But that's because you're a good producer, and you knew I didn't want him to say Derrick Henry because I thought the answer was too obvious. I thought it was just too obvious. It is also because I'm a good researcher and looked at the difference that Trayvon Diggs has made in terms of swinging the Cowboys winning, and there's actually been a bigger difference when he's been targeted in that sense than Derrick Henry when he's carried the ball. I get it. Mm-hmm. Now, he, it get, the number of times that he gets targeted is not anywhere near the same as the number of times that Derrick Henry handles the ball, he's been targeted carries the ball. 30, he's been targeted 37 times this season. And, uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry will carry the ball that many times in a game every now <laughs> and again, and that also doesn't take into account the impact that Henry's presence has on everything else on that offense. I know you could argue Diggs has the same, uh, but, but, but well, whatever. Either way, it's another one. You're not talking me out of my answer. The answer is Derrick Henry, sorry, and that's Bubba. it. Bubba, what's next? All right, let's do some NBA because Ben Simmons is suspended for game one of 82 for Philadelphia. That's as of now. The future is uncertain. Will he play for them this year? What do you think? Who you got? See, I, I'm going to say I think the answer is yes because I think they want to stick it to him. Like, I think this has now become just a standoff, right, between Simmons and the organization. And I think the organization, they can't just send him home and not pay him. They can't. His con- the reason he's there is because if he was not there, he would not be getting paid. He's just there so he doesn't get fined, um, as a great man once said. And I think that the best way that they really stick it to him, like force him to feel some pressure here too, <laughs> is by saying, okay, smart guy, here we go. You're not going to play in the game, but you're showing up in the arena and you are sitting on, you want to get paid tonight? You are sitting on that bench Friday. Who do they play Friday? I forget. I think they play the Pelicans tonight or something, right? I forgot. I looked this up the other day and I forget who it is. doesn't matter. Their first home game is Friday. They said, all right, you're going to come. Brooklyn. They play Brook. Oh, even better. Oh, it's our game. I, well, we have that game actually. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, that's why I was talking, I was talking about it. So they say, all right, smart guy, show up. And you're going to sit on the bench. And you know what? At some point, if this game becomes a, a runaway one way or the other, we're putting you in the game. 
You wanted to have some fun? Let's go have some fun. <laughs> I, I think they do it. What do you think? I love it. I think you should throw them on the kiss cam, too. Give, give the fans every possible opportunity they have to uh, boo the guy. He's I, I'm, playing I'm dirty. They have, the you, team has all the leverage. What, what is the untouchables, the, line, the great line for the untouchables? The, they put one of yours in the hospital. You put one of theirs in the morgue. <laughs> like, you got to, like, up the ante. Right, so now we're upping the we're ante. We're not killing Ben Simmons here, but we, we, I no, do agree to be with clear, you. I do agree with you, though. He's destroying the franchise yep. and paying no price. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, "Here's the price. <laughs> the price is you're showing up." So yeah, they open with the Pelicans tonight on the road. Then they're home against the Nets. Then they have two road games coming up: Thunder and Knicks. Uh, but at some point, they have to play at home, and, and <laughs> yeah, and, and that's when I believe that they wow. unleash the beast that is the Philly sports Let's fan. Go. I'm oh, excited I'm excited for that. For that. Mm. I hope we get that Friday night on ESPN. Uh, Greedy with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba, what's next? All right, 31 years ago yesterday, Dances with Wolves was released, and it ended up winning Best Picture, among many other Oscars for that year. And, of course, it starred Kevin Costner. Mm -hmm. So who you got as your favorite Kevin Costner movie? Well, isn't that interesting? I just quoted The Untouchables. There you go. And that, that could be the answer. Could be. Here's the question, which is, he's made so many sports movies that are really good, most notably Field of Dreams and uh, Bull Durham, both of which I love. Mm. And he's made a, oh wait, Tin Cup, I forgot about Tin Cup. I love that movie too. He loves sports, Kevin loves sports and he's in a lot of sports movies. Of his non-sports movies, here's what I'm going to say. The best movie, in my opinion, that Kevin Costner was ever, that ever acted in is The Big Chill. Now, you may say to me, Greeny, Kevin Costner isn't in the big chill. Here's a, perhaps a little known fact. Kevin Costner, have you ever seen the movie The Big Chill? It's, it's, a, it's a classic movie. It's a little older. It's a great, 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 great movie. The whole movie is about a bunch of college best friends who all come together after one of them, one member of their friend group commits suicide. They're all now in their late 30s, I think, and, and they all come together for the funeral, and then they spend a weekend together. And that's what the movie's about. And it's fantastic. Kevin Costner plays the friend who commits suicide. They sh- they've shot scenes with him. He acted in the movie. They-, they-, they showed him like in flashbacks and stuff. They then subsequently decided that the movie was more effective by taking his character out. So you never see him. He's never in the movie. And this was when all of them were kind of unknowns. And a lot of very famous people were in that movie. Kevin Klein, Glenn Close. Um, who else? Jeff Goldblum. It's a great movie. And he winds up, it's ironic because he gets cut out of the movie and he winds up becoming the biggest star out of all of them. So because of that, because I think it's an interesting answer, I'm going to say, Bubba, The Big Chill is my favorite Kevin Costner movie, even though he isn't seen in it. How about that? Wow. How about that for an answer? Didn't see that coming. So How about he, that for a history lesson? He, he filmed all his parts, right. but they didn't show any. He still got paid? His entire yeah, you get paid. His entire <laughs> performance they felt it was wound up on the cutting room there. floor. They just thought it was more effective to never see the character wow. who committed suicide. All yeah, right. I have no idea how much he was in the movie. I, that I don't know. But he was. This is. There's no question. I'm right about this. This is. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think this, this is what happened. Legit. I know what happened. <laughs> just, go ahead and Google it. Yeah. All right. I promise you, this is right. Go ahead, Bubba. What's All right. next? Today is National Chicken and Waffles Day. So. <laughs> question for you is of course have you ever had chicken and waffles uh, and of, is is it part of your breakfast rotation you're you so got? funny i've had chicken 
And I've had waffles. Okay. I've unquestionably never had them together. Oh. Nor have I ever considered it. All right. Well. At no point in my life was I thinking, you know, I feel like some chicken and some waffles. I don't fully understand how that became a thing. Like, I'm, I'm only peripherally aware it is a thing, but, but I've never had it. Bubba, have you had chicken and waffles? No. Nuno, have you had chicken and waffles? No. Hambo, have you had chicken and waffles? Yes, several, t- several times. I've and? I, I love them. They're delicious. I mean, it's not a part of your breakfast rotation. You can't eat it <laughs> with any frequency. But like once a year, I think it's excellent. Syrup and hot sauce, believe it or not, go on at once. Okay. Brandon is agreeing. Syrup and hot sauce? Just had it this weekend. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Brandon. Okay. Fair enough. Boy. You have time for one more quick one or not? Sure. 90 years ago today, Mickey Mantle was born in Oklahoma, the 20-time All-Star, and he's a seven-time World Series champion, likely a favorite of many Yankee fans in the 50s and 60s. But who was your favorite Yankee player growing up? Who you got? Yeah, I'm not old enough to have seen Mantle, of course. No? no shut up. No, I'm not. So uh, we're running out of time. So I'll just give you my uh, Thurman Munson was my favorite player at one time in any sport. I loved him and cried my eyes out the day that he died. Bubba, the sponsorship. All right. Who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. All right. This was really fun. Bubba, I appreciate the Des jersey there. It's a good look. Uh, I hope all of you will be with us tonight. If, if you like basketball, we're going to be the place to be. Uh, we will be doing NBA Countdown, our first one for our new group um, tonight, live at 7 Eastern on ESPN from the floor of the garden leading into Knicks Celtics. I hope you'll hang out and watch. See you tomorrow, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.